From the Alleyoub to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is what we've all been waiting for. One year waiting for the 49ers to have another chance to get back to the Super Bowl. Last year, it appeared it was going to be the season. Brock Purdy was playing at a great uh, way, and the 49ers were looking really, really good. Uh, Debo and the offense were firing on all cylinders. 49ers averaging over 30 points per game. And then one Hassan Reddick hit changed everything and now the 49ers have been clawing and scratching and trying to get to the point where they could get back to this game and here we are and you get the home field advantage you're going to be playing in front of your fans at Levi Stadium the advantage is yours here come the Detroit Lions they're a very balanced and well orchestrated football team Dan Campbell has them playing at a high level and they are a tough gritty physical football team there's not a lot of weaknesses uh, they're very talented, and they have the ability to make plays on offense and to stop you on defense. But you've got to find a way to win. Throughout the week, we've went through different matchups. The 49ers must win on defense or matchups they must exploit on offense. And today, we're going to get into some of those key matchups that are going to be determining factors whether the 49ers can get over the hump and beat the Detroit Lions and get to the Super Bowl for their second time in five years. Now, it's not going to be easy. The 49ers are going to have to execute at a very high level. But that's exactly why you get into these games, because you are the best football team that is out there. And now it's your job to go out there and prove it. And Detroit believes the same thing, too. Detroit's coming into this game with a lot of confidence, believing that they can establish a run game and get something going, that that will build into play-action passes for Jared Goff. 49ers, though, they know what this moment means. They know what they have to do, and they don't take it for granted. This is going to be a tremendous matchup that is going to have physicality in the trenches and some attitudes in the secondary and with 49ers wide receivers. This game is going to be everything that we've been hoping it was going to be. Great thing is these two teams did not meet up during the regular season, which means no familiarity. Yeah, there could be players that have some familiarity with each other, but when it comes down to it, we're going to get to see two world-class teams play for a shot to go and win a Super Bowl. So in this episode, going through key matchups, giving wow, that's bold predictions. And I got one for you that just might shock the living heck out of you. And then I'm going to give my game prediction where I tell you what I, who I think is going to win and what that score is going to be. Now, if you have me over on Patreon, you know some of my, my guests that I've had on have picked against the 49ers. Will I pick against the 49ers? Well, stay tuned till the end of the game or end of the show. You can find out what I think about that game. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm on that push for 5K. If you're listening to audio platform, 49ers cutback on Believe. Please give it a five-star rating. And if you're gonna bet, bet with Bet Online. It's playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. 
And this game is going to be one of those games that's just going to be a knockdown, drag out, slobber knocker. Two of the best affronts going against each other. 49ers O-line against a very good D-line of the Detroit Lions. Then on the opposite side is the 49ers vaunted defensive line against a really good uh, Detroit offensive line. Now, they're going to be missing Jonah Jackson at right guard, so they're going to have a backup guard in there. But these teams are relatively healthy. Both teams are going to have their full array of talent and weapons, which makes this one a really fun thing to watch. Now, with the 49ers offense, it's going to start with Christian McCaffrey. Now, I'm going to say it like this. 49ers want to run the football in this game. The 49ers could have some success running the football in this game. You look at the last two matchups for the Detroit Lions, it didn't exactly go their way as far as slowing down the run game of the Rams or the Buccaneers, which is interesting because the Detroit Lions have been one of the best rush defenses in the entire league in 2023. They've given up 87 yards per game on the ground. An interesting stat, they've never given up a 75-yard 70 yard rusher this season. Here's what's interesting about that. Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers are 11-1 when they rush for over 75 yards. So it's going to be who can get to that 75-yard mark. If McCaffrey can get there, 49ers have a really good chance to win. If the Detroit Lions are holding McCaffrey under 75 yards, they're potentially in the game and maybe even winning. So this is one of those interesting battles. Now, the traditional thought is, hey, you go out there and you run the football consistently. It sets up your play action, and you're ready to go. Here's the problem when you're playing Detroit. They want to take away your run game, and they're going to allocate a lot of resources to take away your run game. They're going to load up. They're going to bring extra defensive linemen. They're going to bring run blitzes. They're going to get physical, and they're going to try to overwhelm you. So depending on what look the 49ers get, that's what I think they're going to do as far as run-pass option. I think early on in this game, no matter if the 49ers are in 21 personnel or not, which is two running backs, one tight end, Detroit Lions are going to try to take away the run game. Where that could get a little bit sticky for them is some of the matchups that that provides. Do you really want to get a matchup that gets Anzalone one-on-one with McCaffrey or Campbell one-on-one with McCaffrey? I don't think you do, but that might be the way they go about trying to stop the run, putting the onus on Brock Purdy to make big throws. Now, we know because we've watched Brock Purdy play a lot of football this season that he's up to the task and he can do it. I think the 49ers in this football game, depending on how Detroit comes out, might have to loosen up the Detroit defense to get to the running game. So when they're very aggressive on taking away McCaffrey early in this football game, start the game with the play action. Expect them to try to come up and slam you on that first play and run something where you can get a high percentage throw to either George Kittle or Debo Samuel out in the flat. Those are going to be opportunities for the 49ers to get them on their heels. If they have to worry about the play-action game, maybe they can't slam you as hard in the run game. Now, it's also going to take timely throws by Brock Purdy to be able to make Detroit settle in and back off the hunt to stop McCaffrey. And once they do, that's exactly when you attack with Christian McCaffrey. Now, if it's the inverse... And the Detroit Lions are coming out, and they're going to give the 49ers the run game the way that they did against Kyron Williams, where he rushed for over five yards per carry, or Rashad White, where he rushed for over six yards per carry, and they're going to give the 49ers, gift them that opportunity. Then you run the football down their throat. 
but I don't think they're going to do that. Just listening to Dan Campbell talk this week, he believes everything the 49ers do starts and stops with that running game. And with that running game, there's a Debo Samuel effect. If you haven't seen my video, the Debo effect, go watch it right now. I go into all the areas that Debo affects the game. With I give video examples to that as well. So check that out. This is an audio platform. If you want to jump over to Believe to check, or I mean, j- jump over to YouTube to check that out. Forty yards cutback on YouTube. If you just want to listen, it's available to you. Uh, go back and listen to that episode. I try to be as descriptive as possible, but you have to pay attention to where Debo's at at all times. He goes in motion. You have to worry about him. He moves. He moves several guys when he goes in motion. If you don't move with them, advantage 49ers. If you do move with them, advantage 49ers. Different advantages are created by the way that you move your players around. So I think that the 49ers are going to try to do a couple of things in this game. I think first off, they want to take advantage of the fact that Detroit doesn't tackle well in the secondary. And one of the ways you do that, you get the ball into the hands of the players that do the most damage with yards after the catch, George Kittle and Debo Samuel. I look for Debo to be a heavy dose of the game plan this week. We didn't get to see it last week from Green Bay. We're going to see it now. Debo Samuel is highly motivated, and he's very, very excited for this opportunity. He knows what it means to win an NFC Championship game and get to the Super Bowl. In 2021, he gave everything he had, and he was left on the bench crying about the opportunity to not get to the Super Bowl. In 2022, they all just had to deal with the fact that they didn't have a quarterback to be able to help them get there. This time, they're not leaving nothing to chance. Every one of these players are highly motivated, and Kyle Shanahan knows it's important to get the ball into his playmaker's hands. So in the run game, it's time for misdirection. The aggressive style that the Detroit Lions like to implement, I talked about them going in with the intention to take away the run. That might mean extra defensive linemen. That might mean linebackers and safeties in the box. That's fine. Just make sure you don't overcommit. If you commit to one side of the field and you don't keep people on the backside in case Debo comes back on a reverse, you could be in a world of hurt. So I look for the 49ers to try to make Detroit either overcommit one way or overcommit the other. And once you get them being hyper-aggressive, hit them with Debo Samuel on a reverse. Debo needs to be a full part of this game plan, both in the run game and the passing game. Also, because of the bad tackling, Get the ball out on screens. We do know that they like to be aggressive with the blitz, and they like to come after the quarterback. Well, a great blitz beater is Debo Samuel in the screen game. So I think that's going to be another area the 49ers could be hyper-aggressive and able to take advantage of. And then once you finally get them to kind of soften soften up and spread out, you want to attack them horizontally, you want to attack them vertically, and then you go ahead and you start hitting Christian McCaffrey with gashing runs. I think that that's what the 49ers are going to have to do, soften them up to take advantage of the opportunities that you're going to have uh, in the run game. Now, there is a risk to doing that. There's a risk to turning to the passing game, and I don't know how many people come into my comment section or, or comment on social media, and they get frustrated every single time Kyle Shanahan runs empty formations because they know the threat of the run game goes away. And I hear you. I I look at that and I see a similar thing where I'm like, man, the threat of the run game would be nice, especially on first down. But I think we're going to see some of that empty looks as well. Because when you are in your 21 personnel and you have Kyle Juszczyk and Christian McCaffrey on the field with Kittle, 
with the two wide receivers, the Detroit Lions are more likely to put a heavy look up there, an extra defensive lineman. Well, maybe you can find a matchup where you get Christian McCaffrey one-on-one with one of those linebackers, or in some cases, depending on the look, one-on-one with one of those outside guys like Aiden Hutchinson. Those are keys for the 49ers. So finding matchups because of personnel could be what the 49ers look to do early. Get them big, and then you use your athletes to spread them out and find open space to make plays. There were some near misses last week where Christian McCaffrey got lined up one-on-one with the linebacker, and he went over the middle for plays. And if there wouldn't have been a wet ball and Brock wouldn't have been a little bit off, they could have been house calls. So, yes, we're, we like the threat of the run, but I think there are some opportunities to do this as well. As well. I think there needs to be a balance, uh, but I do think that this is going to be something the 49ers will probably look to attack as long as they get heavy looks from Detroit. Detroit doesn't decide to go heavy looks against the 49ers' 21 personnel. Well, we know what the 49ers are going to do. They're going to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, and they're going to try to get the big gains the way the Tampa Bay was able to get them. Tampa Bay just didn't run the ball enough. 81 yards, they could have ran the ball a ton and had a lot of success. But if you decide to pass the ball a lot early, you have to know what you're getting yourself into as far as pass rush. Now, this was a great stat that David Lombardi put out last week against Green Bay, Rashawn Gary, uh, 10th best as far as productivity uh, in the pass rush. Kenny Clark, 10th best defensive tackle as far as pass rush productivity. Uh, so they were definitely bringing it. We saw them get pressure on Colton McKivitz and on the interior part of the 49ers offensive line. When you look at Detroit, we talk about the effectiveness of Aiden Hutchinson, and he's definitely somebody to watch. He's seventh best in the league as far as pass rush productivity this season, which is great. I mean, that's better than Rashawn Gary. Sorry, Colton McKivitz. You've got a tougher task this week, which I think everyone kind of saw. But defensive tackle... Aleem McNeil is 24th, or you had Kenny Clark, who was top 10 as well. With Aleem McNeil, it's not there. Now, I like McNeil. I think McNeil's a very solid player. He's got a lot of power. He's still got a good burst, a good first step. Um, So he's an effective pass rusher on the inside. But you do see a little bit of a drop-off from him to Kenny Clark. I think that is clear by watching film. So the 49ers on the interior part of the offensive line might have a little bit of an advantage there. Now, With the way that Detroit likes to blitz and show double-A blitzes, that's going to put a lot of stress on Brendel, Feliciano, and Banks to make sure they don't get confused and they understand what they're looking at when it comes to pressure. So that's going to be huge. And the other thing, the 49ers know, uh, this is a situation where Detroit's linebackers are a little bit better than Green Bay. They're going to have to make sure they're good with that. So it's the game plan is not that complicated uh, as far as what your plans are. The actual plays themselves will be complicated for Detroit to pick up. But that McKivitz-Hutchinson matchup is going to be pivotal in this game. If the 49ers can get some early throws, quick throws, that will take away some of the effectiveness of Hutchinson. But really, Hutchinson is the most important defensive lineman for them. The rest of the team are not as effective as far as pass rushing. We don't even worry about the left side with Trent Williams. What we worry about is the front side where you've got a guy that could be in Brock Purdy's face in Aiden Hutchinson. So the 49ers need to get quick passes and they need to establish a run game. If they do that, that will make it easier. You could send guys to pull and hit him. You can trap him. Uh, You can also, in the passing game, chip him 
with running backs and with receivers. And I expect the 49ers to do that. I think it'll be a steady diet of chip and create an outlet. So those guys will chip, and then there'll be an outlet for Brock Purdy where he can get the ball down to them, and they can create some yards after. And the 49ers need to make sure it's a consistent um, process of making sure you handle Aiden Hutchinson and don't allow him to have success. Eight sacks in the last four games, gotten at least one sack in every one of those games. So he's been highly effective. And Colton McGivitz has given up 10 sacks this season, most of any of the 49ers offensive linemen. I mean, Brock Purdy was sacked, what, 30 times this season? So he get, he was the well, the one that caused 10 of those sacks. Uh, so a third of the sacks to McKivitz, not good. But this is a matchup. The 49ers know what they have to do. They know they have to take care of Aiden Hutchinson. And I like that Colt McKivitz looked at him a lot like Max Crosby because that motor never stops. He's got really good pass rush moves. He can beat you. Up the field, uh, getting his, you know, getting down there and bending the corner on you, or he can make moves inside. He's got a really killer spin move that Colt McKivitz is going to have to make sure he takes care of. So he wants to get upfield in this slide. He wants to make sure he cuts him off, but also you got to keep that inside lean. You can't allow him to get that inside move. So weight distribution is going to be huge for Kim McKivitz and him getting his hands on. Uh, Hutchinson without Hutchinson being able to get a a long arm on him is going to be really important in this game. 49ers offense has to be on schedule. So if you can run the ball consistently and stay on schedule, do that. But if the run game is not going the way that you want, make sure you stay on schedule. It doesn't really matter if it's run or pass. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but I come from the thought process like Bill Walsh was. Uh, If the passing game's going good, it can be as effective as the run game. A short five-yard throw is effect as effective as a run up the middle for five yards. I prefer the run game because I love the running game, but I'm also I also know that whatever works is what you go with. So I think it I would like to see balance between the two in this game, but it's all going to be determined on what Detroit's trying to take away and what advantages you have in what they're doing. They're low, they're heavy, you're going with the pass. If they're light, you're going with the run. It's going to be interesting, and I wonder how many of the same looks that the 49ers got against Green Bay, the six-man line, one linebacker, two high safety, the 49ers get in this one. I think they'll be more ready for it. There's some real avenues to attack in that category because there's pretty much no one in the hook-to-curl zone where you can get some quick little throws, which you saw later in the game where Christian McCaffrey was getting those checkdowns, 10 catches. So there's opportunities there in the offensive passing game. But I think, yes, they want to establish a run. Yes, they want to get play action going. Yes, Debo needs to be a big part of this game plan. They need to find uh, some effective ways to do it. And I talked about all that to say Brandon Ayuk against that secondary is an advantage for the 49ers. I think with the Detroit Lions' weaknesses in the secondary, the 49ers are going to have to throw the football in this game. And I think if they are selling out to stop the run, you're going to have potential for some big plays down the field, especially now that you're fully healthy at wide receiver. Ayuk, Debo, Jawan. Yeah, it's going to be big. Plus, got the people's tight end. And uh, Detroit Lions are 14th best against tight ends this season. So we just seen tight ends have huge success over the last couple weeks. Now George Kittle's coming to town. He's the best of them. I look for him to have a big game as well. well let's throw it over on the defensive side of the ball where the number one key, just like it always is, is stopping the run. And Steve Wilkes definitely said that this week, like, hey, 
know, Montgomery, Gibbs, these guys present some real unique problems. Then they, Eric Armstead, you know, laid into the fact that Montgomery has specific plays that he runs that really suit his talent, where Jameer Gibbs has other plays that suit his talent. So you've got a two-headed monster there that they can use different type of scheme to run them behind. But what you see from both of them is vision. You see the ability to get vertical, one step, go, those cuts. Uh, they have power enough to run over you. They have enough speed to get to the outside. So the 49ers are going to have their work cut out for them. I think the 49ers' performance against Green Bay has been overblown. I think the Aaron Jones run at the end of the game cemented that everyone would think that run game really struggled. The truth is, the beginning of that game, the 49ers struggled against the outside pitch. Uh, that toss crack was killing them. As the game went on, they adjusted, and they definitely made those wholesale adjustments to slow it down. Now, the same play ends up being the Aaron Jones run because he cut back, made a huge run. I mean, great vision, great acceleration, a huge cut, uh, but that kind of blew up the stats and made it look like the 49ers were terrible against the run when really they just struggled early and then figured it out. So you do have to stop this running game, and this running game is the key to what Detroit does because if they establish a running game, it allows Jared Goff the opportunity to do what he wants. Number one, it slows down the pass rush because they have to worry about the run game consistently. Number two, it allows them to run play-action pass where they can get some whole-shot plays and create some openings over the middle of the field where Goff wants to throw it. If your linebackers are able to get a deep drop, he's going to take away, they're going to take away some of the throws that Goff wants to make. And watching the film back this week of both playoff games, I could tell for sure that if Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw would have been playing in some of those games. There would have been some balls tipped away and potentially some interceptions because those linebackers who were over the middle just weren't dropping deep enough and they weren't able to get where they needed to be at the right time. So there's going to be opportunities for the 49ers to create turnovers because of where Jared Goff wants to throw the football. Now he does have weapons with Amon Ross St. Brown and with Sam Laporta. I think those two guys are going to be focuses of the 49ers. Watch my videos this week. You know, I think Charverius Ward is going to travel with Amon Ross St. Brown unless he's in the nickel and playing the slot receiver. Then I think Diameter Lenore is going to account for him. Uh, if they're in base, of course, we don't have to worry about that. Those two guys can both do it. But Ambry Thomas, I don't believe, will be lining up on Amon Ross St. Brown unless they break some sort of tendency that gets that matchup. The 49ers don't really care for that matchup. And then when I, I look at Sam Laporta, it's going to be a consistent effort from multiple players to make sure they limit his effectiveness, mainly with yards after the catch. You can tackle him as soon as he makes the catch, which is easier said than done. Then you're going to have the opportunity to slow them up. But once you have slowed down the running game, and I don't know if you can completely stop it because uh, they're so good, it's about putting pressure on Jared Goff. Now, one of the things I've been hearing about is how good this offensive line is, and they're good. And you look at Pinesol, he's the right tackle. He's only given up three sacks this season. That is fantastic. He's probably going to go against Nick Bosa a lot. But I think we might see Bosa flip to the other side some because even though Decker has had himself a good year, he's given up nine sacks. Now, none of those in the playoffs, but nine sacks, that's one sack less than Colt McKivitz, who everyone criticizes every chance they get. So it's not like Decker is unflappable. You have opportunities to be able to get home on that side whether that's Nick Bosa, Chase Young, Randy Gregory, or Robert Beal, you have to be able to have some success getting home against Decker. There's also going to be a rookie on the inside, or not a rookie, a young player 
Uh, Coyote is going to be on the inside, and I think that's an opportunity for the 49ers to take advantage. I talked about Armstead this week uh, going against Coyote Awusika and being able to take advantage of him. And this is an opportunity I think the 49ers must seize, both in the run game and the passing game. You have to be able to do that because generating pressure on Jared Goff is imperative, not just blitzing. The blitz has to result in pressure. And some of the stats that are crazy this for this game, Jared Goff in a clean pocket, 76% completion percentage, 8.2 yards per attempt, 27 touchdowns to three INTs. Jared Goff under pressure, 51.4% completion percentage, 6.3 yards per attempt. That's two less. And six touchdowns and nine interceptions. Ridiculous difference between the two. He was under pressure the 10th highest rate this season. 49ers pass rush has to disrupt Goff into mistakes in this football game. It's absolutely necessary for them to do that. You look at the EPA uh, per play in a clean pocket. Brock Purdy is number one. Jared Goff is number seven. EPA per play under pressure. Brock Purdy, number three. Jared Goff, number 28. Uh, it, it's one of those things that if the 49ers can get pressure with Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave, and Gregory, they can cause some real problems for Goff. That is when Goff goffs. If you look at some of the games this season, he got away with a really bad uh, fumble-like pass opportunity where it went backwards, uh, where his teammate was able to recover it. He does some weird things when he gets under pressure. That's what the 49ers need to do. They need to make him feel completely uncomfortable. Now, one thing I come on here and I say every single week is the 49ers need to take away reads one and two. They need to make him feel uncomfortable. If you take away one and two, it gives them a chance to get home and get to the quarterback. And I always find that very interesting when I say it is sometimes people have a little bit of a pushback on it because, uh, you know, they're like, well, it's hard to take away one and two, whatever. But I thought it was interesting. Listen to what Nick Bosa had to say about, the potential of doing this against Jared Goff and what it takes to get Jared Goff off his game. Yeah, I think he is the same guy. Um, not saying he's played great in L.A. and he's played great with Detroit, uh, but um, the key is obviously getting pressure on him. Um, he's got a really good O-line, so it makes it tough, but uh, you you cover up his first couple reads and then you get after him, hit, hit him a few times, it changes things a little bit. Takeaway reads one and two and get on them. Uh, I just thought it was funny. I talk about this every week. Takeaway reads one and two, play sticky coverage, and then get pressure. And that's exactly what they have to do in this game. And we know that the 49ers' plan is to get pressure on Goff, which is easier said than done. But they're going to try to find ways to do that. And the easiest way to do it is take away what targets he wants to go to first. And so in order, we know what his confidence is. He likes to go to Amon Ross and Brown first. He leads the team in and targets. Then he likes to go to Sam Laporta, who had nine catches last week. Then he likes to go to Josh Reynolds because they've been former teammates. And I think the 49ers are going to take them in that level as well. Now, also, you got to worry about Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield. And that's going to be something that Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are going to worry about, mainly Dre Greenlaw. But how do you get to a get after Goff? You know, we talked about his numbers under pressure. He's not as good when you start getting pressure on him and he starts feeling that impact. Well, you've got to get him to third down. And you've got to get him to third down and long. Take advantage of stopping that run game on early downs. 
Make sure you contest every single catch. No easy ones. Sticky coverage. Put pressure on him. Make him feel uncomfortable. If you can force third and seven and longer, you have a chance to get off the field. And if you just look at their numbers, they convert on third down at 41.2%. That's seven points less than the 49ers. They're not as good as the 49ers on third down. And when they face third down, they're even worse. So, or third and long. So the 49ers know early down success is going to be pivotal in this football game. Whether they're on defense or on offense, the main objective is to make sure you handle third downs your way. You want on offense to be able to convert consistently, which means third and shorts. And on defense, you want to be able to get off the field. Detroit is a very good defense on third down. They give up conversion rate at 36%. It's very good. That's one of the elite caliber traits that this team has. So 49ers are going to have to make sure they stay on schedule on offense, and they're going to have to force third and long to get after Jared Goff consistently in this matchup. This is one of those keys to the game to make sure you have success. And you got to win the time of possession. If you win the time of possession, you definitely make the other team have some struggles on their end. Because if they're not on the field, they can't score. Their defense stays on the field. You can wear them down. And that's exactly what each team wants to do. Establish a run game, win the time of possession, and just attack the opposing team really consistently. When you look at turnovers, the 49ers have caused five more turnovers this season than the Detroit Lions. Where the difference is, is the 49ers have five less giveaways this season than the Detroit Lions. The Lions have given away the ball 23 times on the season. They've turned the ball over 25 times. They've gotten takeaways 25 times. That's counting their playoffs. So coming out of the regular season, they were exactly zero, dead even, giveaways to takeaways. Now they're plus two in turnover differential. 49ers are plus 10 just to show how good they play. Now, gotten to the part of the show where we get to talk about uh, something that I really enjoy doing, and that's going... Really bold with, wow, that's bold predictions. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It's got to be really bold. It's got to be, whoa. And I've got two, wow, that's bold predictions. And I got one that I rolled into uh, from last week. I, I just, I believe this to be true. I think Debo Samuel is going to have two touchdowns in this game. I think that he's going to be highly motivated. I've seen him have big-time games against teams that he's supposed to have big-time games in, and I think this is going to be one of those ones. There'll be an early focus on Debo to get him the football in space, and I just think he's going to be a tough matchup. Two touchdowns for Debo. And guess what? Because I like that a lot, I'm going to also say two touchdowns for George Kittle. Last week, I had two touchdowns. Uh, for Christian McCaffrey. This week, I'm going to say that George Kittle has two touchdowns, and I think the 49ers are going to have some success. I think Debo is going to have some success in the run game, uh, but I also think the 49ers are going to have some success in the air as well. I won't be shocked if Brandon Ayuk doesn't have some big numbers as well. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The first one, probably not so interesting. I think the 49ers are going to create three turnovers. I, I just think they're going to be able to get pressure on Goff. Goff's going to make a couple of mistakes when he feels that pressure, and it could snowball a little bit. But I think the 49ers are going to make some plays, especially over the middle of the field, and Goff's going to turn over the football. So three turnovers is about, wow, that's bold prediction. That's a lot considering they only turned over the ball 23 times the entire season. But I think Jared Goff's going to do it in this game. 
And then as far as defense goes, Ambry Thomas is going to have one of those interceptions. That's right. The much maligned Ambry Thomas is coming up with an interception in this game. I think Jared Goff is going to try to get a ball uh, to Reynolds or to Williams, and Ambry Thomas is going to be in the right position and have a big clutch turnover. I called for a Ambry Thomas interception one other time this season. He had an interception in that game. So uh, this is my second time betting on Ambry Thomas. We'll see how it works out for me. And now it's time for the score prediction. Here it comes. Who's going to win? Who's going to the Super Bowl? Which one of these teams is going to be uh, the, the honorary team for the NFC? It's going to be the 49ers. I got the 49ers winning this game. I've watched enough film this week that I just think they have everything they need to beat Detroit. I think Detroit's going to make this a tough one. I think it's going to be a battle throughout the game. But I think the 49ers, when it's all said and done, are going to have a little bit of separation between them and the Lions. I think they just make too many plays in this game. They play sound, physical defense. The San Francisco 49ers win the NFC Championship, defeating the Detroit Lions 34-20. I I think they're going to do it, guys. I think we're going to the Super Bowl. We'll see who they play in the AFC. Will it be Baltimore? Will it be Kansas City? But I think the 49ers, they had their scare last week. Now they're clutch. They're going to come in big. They got Debo. They got all their weapons. This is the 49ers' opportunity to make some make a statement, and I think they're going to. They're going to roll into the Super Bowl feeling really good about themselves. Detroit's a good team, but I don't think it's their year yet. 49ers win 34-20. Uh, thanks for watching the video. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. On the push for 5K, this episode was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, lots of good stuff still coming your way, hopefully next week. And that's what I'm believing. We're going to have Super Bowl conversations for two weeks. I hope you guys will join me for all of that. But I'll catch you guys in the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers.